0: much I I think she's mistaken on the identity of who was angry (laughs) I need to find out who that guy is and um, couldn't have been me because you know you know me could you know couldn't have I am just dying to live does that sound weird that's that's kind of a, one of the enigmas of of coming out of living for self living the way we do things for our own for our own selves and and starting to do the will of God because when you when you live for God something has to go away of your self life Eunice just nailed it on it, it it kind of feels good to be mad I remember one time when we pastored in Oklahoma I was just beginning to dig in as deeply as I could to ha- the power of our thought life and how that affects everything we do, including our health, and uh, there was an old guy, and he, even by my current standards, he was an old guy, <laughs> and this was 40 years ago or so, he uh He did something I do not remember, but I remember who it was, and I remember where I was pacing the floor and ranting about this, and Eunice got to be the audience, and I'm sure she was just loving every minute of it. This was like 3.30 in the afternoon or so. In a couple of hours, my throat began to tighten up, and I began to get sore across the small of my back on my skin, just plain old flu, and we were hosting a rally of some kind at our church that night for the section and i was on the couch in the den while people helped me to to welcome and host this this uh large meeting in our congregation in our church facility and uh, two i learned two things that day well i learned one, and then I learned about the other. The one I learned is that if you want to, you can praise God when you have the flu. I felt terrible. My head hurt. My back hurt. My skin hurt. Uh, Throat hurt. And I, I thought, I think I'll see if I can praise God. And I can. And it works very nicely. The other thing I learned about And I say it that way because I'm not sure that I have stopped it altogether. And that is when you give vent to these little temper tantrums, it cuts the legs off your immune system. Whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually. Now that day, you say, oh, it was just coincidental. Uh, Believe anything you want to. It's your life where you go to heaven or hell. I mean, just believe what you want to believe. That was kind of snotty, wasn't it? See, I, that's the reason I say I learned about this. But in, in all sincerity and, and uh, from, from the point of conviction in my life, we are not free to throw tantrums. Even if we ask the Lord and others to forgive us, God forgives sin, and I hope those people in front of whom you threw it <laughs> will forgive you too. don't do that now that brings us to where I want to be today and, and let 's see if i can if I can tie together pictures of water baptism, just dying to live, and this business of putting to death, the uh, little, well, in my case, temper tantrum. I saw, I saw a cartoon one time, had a couple of uh, uh, pictures, and the first one was the pastor and the new convert, a man, was standing about this deep in baptismal water, and the pastor is saying, now, Joe, when we put you under the water, everything that goes under belongs to God. And the next frame of that picture is the pastor like this and with his arms into the water about this far, and one hand sticking up like this. And we understand that. It's like <laughs> I, I'm okay with running my money. If I get broke, I want his help, but I'll, otherwise I'll, I'll manage it. That sounds like our whole life, doesn't it? So pictures of baptism bring us to a point of, of the old stuff needs to go away. And Colossians 2.12 says, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead, and and so the thought goes on. But Having been buried with him, that's the picture of death. i'm just I'm just uh, dying to live so that if i if I can die to myself, when I come up out of the waters of baptism, that's the picture of living for God. christianity, the term and and so forth, is is so misused. i We went to Israel a number of times. And we used the same guide for uh, most of those trips. And, of course, he was taking us around, and this is a Muslim site in Israel, and this is a Christian site, and this is a Jewish site. And uh, I, it, just, it just bugged me to pieces because we believe that Christianity has to do with having a real relationship, a dynamic, a living relationship. We have died so we can live to Jesus Christ. That's a relationship, and that's all Christianity I mean, that's the only thing that should be called Christianity. Well, good luck because America is a Christian nation. I know that we have been assured in recent years that it's not, but it is because most people think that if they're going to be religious, it's going to be Christianity in our nation. And uh, I, I really like the term live for God rather than Christian because Christian has just lost its meaning in so much of the world. And I remember taking 45 minutes. We were driving very early in the morning from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv to get on the plane to return to the States. And uh, some of you remember Michael. And I I went through the gospel and I explained sin and I explained redemption. And I wanted to make sure that Michael, who was a Jew, knew exactly what Jesus was about. And I, I made this contrast about christian and living for god and what i want to do i you can call me anything you want to i know you will whether i like it or not so you, i might as well make friends with that i'll do the same for you too so don't don't feel like you have <laughs> any advantage besides i have the microphone but um Call me whatever you'd like, but what I want to do is live for God. I want to live for God so that it's not about uh, titles. It's not about religious rights. It's about a dynamic. It's like Dennis, I I could just see Dennis taking notes when Jim was talking a minute ago. Absolutely, because I was doing that mentally and memorizing this stuff, I hope because that's exactly where we are, okay? I want us to be focused on Jesus wherever he happens to have us today. Today. Because he has something more for you, and if you have lived for God longer than I have, you're getting old. And let me tell you, That there is as much to know of God today as when I started. And I have worked part of this time. I have worked at knowing God better. And he has been so merciful to show me more of himself and to heal this. I told you about learning, don't throw temper tantrums. You can get sick. Uh, Now, that's not a lot about God. That's more about me. But you have to... You know, part of seminary is anthropology. You have to learn about yourself and about mankind because God didn't do this to come down and just give some great ideas for the academics to talk about. He came into this world to save sinners. And I am not as good a sinner as Paul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him have the chiefest, but I'm in line. And he, God, came to get Paul, the apostle, and he came to get me and you. And that is, (laughs) boy, is that good. So here we are, buried with him in baptism, raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So in water baptism, and by the way, the, the first reason to get baptized in water after you after you bring faith in Jesus Christ and you start giving your life to God to to live for God, the first reason, maybe the main reason to be baptized is because Jesus said to and gave us an example. We, We use the term follow the Lord in baptism. Is that cool? I love that. It's like, man, this is familiar territory because Jesus did it. Follow the Lord in baptism. So he said do it. That's the main reason to be baptized. But there are these other things. Dennis mentioned the public picture that I have died to the old way and and have started a new life. And we will symbolize this again by by the burial and the raising from the burial. And it's a testimony to the world. How cool is that? You say, "Well, I'd read it just as soon they not know." Well, stick with the Lord; He'll heal that too. He has had to heal a jillion things in almost every one of us, hasn't He? I mean, I've got my list, and it's—it's it's not some of it's none of your business. Uh, but He heals and He saves. You know, you get saved, and and you will be saved over here. These are both scriptural terms, and in the middle. You are being saved. And so in this being saved thing, a uh, long list of stuff that he will have to do in you, probably longer than the rest of us know. And be glad about that because the Lord keeps his mouth shut. Now, when we talk about pictures of baptism, there, one of the most powerful is in 1 Peter 3. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also not the removal of dirt from the body so it, it, the water does not save you it's, we're not concerned with the scrubbing of of the residue from your work or play but of a pledge of a good conscience toward god it saves you by the resurrection of jesus christ so again we come back to this picture of us being buried under the surface of the water. And I love this. It's not about dirt. It's about a good conscience. Now, some of you might have been baptized when you were a little kid, and you have since decided you didn't know what you were doing back there when you gave your heart to the Lord before that, and you want to be rebaptized? In my mind, there is nothing at all wrong with that because it's about a good conscience. One of the main things of water baptism is a, is a good conscience. I did that. And it was like, now that just shuts, you know, because the enemy will come in and he will say, yeah. Yeah, but your baptism wasn't real. And he beat you around about that. Well, you can fix that, honey. Next week. Uh, it, it's... It's a good conscience, and a good conscience is really tough for the enemy to take down. If you've just accepted the fact that God has forgiven your sins and you are clear before him, what's the enemy going to jump on? You know what Satan means? The word Satan means accuser, and you know where he accuses us most is to ourselves, because if he can get your conscience defiled, it will cripple your faith, and we live by faith. So if, you're, if your faith is hurt, you're hurt in your, in your living for God. Now, so we, we're, we're not worried about being saved by the water and the scrub the skin. do that in your shower, please. But this is not about that. This is about... The good conscience toward God. in the now, sometimes uh, the mode of baptism and whether you're supposed to be immersed or not, comes up. And it's really not a question at all, uh, because the Hebrews who produced Jesus and were the first church of Jesus Christ, had the business of the cleansing by water, and they went all the way under. In the law of Moses, uh, you you have read over and over and over. If you've read what the Jews call the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, you have read about being uh, washed with water after you become ceremonially or ritually unclean due to touching a dead uh, person or dead animal or uh, many, many other things. And so they had these things they called mikveh. They're different spellings, but the one I chose, that I think they'll probably put up in a minute on the screen, but the mikveh was a, a baptistry and had steps convenient to go down in it, had places you could get fresh water in it and drain the old water out. And the, the deal was you go down and you just cleanse yourself, wash all over, If you're not dirty, don't scrub, just get wet all over, and that's what it took. So when John came to baptize, these people knew what he was doing, and the message of John is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then he would baptize them as a symbol of their repentance. Now, baptism in that case was them saying, I am unclean, by my lifestyle, I am ritually not ready for the kingdom of God to come because I have been whatever. And so John would take them into water that was deep enough for them to go under. And I don't know whether he put his hand on their head and just kind of did this or whether he, he dipped them like we have come to do now. Uh, I, I don't know. It's really not that important to me, but he was immersing these people because that's what they did, and this was a sign that they were sorry for the way they'd been living, and they expected the kingdom of God to come, and they wanted to be ready for the kingdom of God. They wanted to be washed, cleansed. So this is a symbol, and this is, you know, so, so when uh, Philip goes to, uh, down on the road uh, going uh, west out of Jerusalem encounters the guy from Ethiopia, the Jew, and the guy comes to believe that Jesus is the Messiah just while uh, Philip is teaching him from the book of Isaiah. And they come to some water that's deep enough for him to go kachunk under. He says, hello, what's to stop us? So they stopped the chariot, got out, and, and Philip dipped him under now, sprinkling, if that if that was good faith in you, I don't mean to criticize your your practices or whatever, but there's not any question in the scripture about whether it was immersion or not. That's what the Jews did. And this was a bunch of Jews that were the were the church. And of course, uh Jesus himself was dipped by John the Baptist. That's the reason we can say follow Jesus in baptism. And that uh, uh, you remember John said hey, wait a minute, uh, I, sh- I need to be baptized by you. And, and Jesus said, no, we're fulfilling the law. We're filling up the law. And the, the covenant of the Ten Commandments, Jesus, in his life, put his arms completely around that covenant and fulfilled it. Now, he did not change anything about David's covenant, about Abraham's covenant, and so forth, but the new covenant that came is in contrast with the, the covenant of the Ten Commandments, uh, the law of Moses, that we, and Jesus came and when he says this is a new covenant and held that cup of wine and said, I want all of you to drink from this, everyone, this is the new covenant, and we'll do that soon. And that's really, really exciting because it is a picture of Jesus bringing forth that which we have Uh, Experienced in our own lives Now good conscience is necessary Romans 13 5 says Therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities Not only because of possible punishment But also because of conscience Uh, It seemed like everyone who got up here Was taking a piece of my action this morning I'm going to start preaching first And then we'll have all this other stuff later I'm not Unless we decide that would work well, but, but you know, the, this word can be repeated. But but the, uh, the encouragement by two different leaders among us from here just minutes ago, the encouragement to get kind of past the political stuff and, and all of that and get into the spirit of the Lord, uh, there is a very direct... Command, Romans thirteen five. therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. And this takes us back to that power of the clear conscience. Now, if the law says you have to sin, a sin that is spelled out in Scripture, you can't do that. It is never right to sin, never. However, other than that, get off your high horse, you holy thing, and submit to authority. What are you playing this game that you're the big cheese and your idea is important? Who are you? We, you don't impress us. We know you. So submit to the authorities. Now, I don't know how to say it more clearly, more plainly. Submit to the authorities. You, if you don't, you can get in possible punishment. But in addition to that, we need this clear conscience so that we are not a rebel in our hearts. Rebellion and resistance to those in authority over you is horrible. It will take you out spiritually. It is it is uh, a contagious disease in the body of Christ. And we, in our political uh seasons in this country we just love to parade in our mind all of these things that we're right about and the opposing party is wrong about whichever party you're in the other one is just awful have you noticed you listened to the first convention that was held a few days ago and nobody could be stupider than the democrats notice that and if you're a Democrat, it made you mad. A few days later, here comes another convention. No one could be stupider than the Republican. And if you're a Republican, made you mad, didn't it? Couldn't watch it, could you? <laughs> Folks, there is a higher path than that. Did you know that though God loves everyone in the United States... He did not send Jesus to save the United States, whether it's through the Democrats or the Republicans, whether it's through big business or big labor. He wants to save you. And if you're tied up in this, he's still got some more work to do. Don't get puffed up. We've seen your righteousness, it stinks. It's like, it's, you know, you've seen mine. You're not impressed. And if you haven't, God bless you. Don't get too close, okay? So we submit to authorities, and we submit from, from the church to, to the house, to uh, the community, to the nation, to the Lord, everywhere. We submit to authority. And the main reason is because of clear conscience. Now, that conscience is also spoken of in Hebrews, the ninth chapter. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? The implication here is if your conscience is not cleansed, you can't serve the living God. And you know how you get it cleansed? It's not by being this uptight legalist and never doing anything wrong. It is by confessing your sins and being cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I find myself from time to time when people are in real... uh, They're tied up in stuff that is obviously sin. And we want to use a euphemism. It was a bad choice. I made a mistake. No, honey, it was a dirty, stinking, rotten sin. And you need to call it that because it is sin that God forgives. I don't think he has a lot of patience for bad choices. You make a rotten choice for Are you so stupid? Whoa. Made a mistake. Oh, I just couldn't help myself. What, what is this? I just couldn't help myself. Pardon me if, if you have weak hands or something. I don't mean to make fun of you but I want to make fun of our attitude call it a sin I just rebelled against God I decided I'm going to do this I don't care what God says now we hate to say that doesn't that sound awful but if you've been around the Lord a while you never sin without that being the case because you're not you may be stupid but you're not ignorant you know the difference you can say ignorant in your house you can't say stupid well, there's a reason. Ignorant has to do with I haven't, I haven't collected those facts yet. Stupid means I may not have the capability of collecting facts. At least that's the way I define those. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us whether it's stupidity or ignorance. It's a sin. Call it a sin. I love to just call in. you guys, some of you have been around a long time, you've heard this story, but this is, illustrates perfectly how this works. and the clear conscience. We, we were over on Blue Ridge cutoff for many years as a congregation. And when uh, Eunice and the girls and I moved to town, we, we bought in a, t- a house in uh, Kansas City, Missouri just two or three blocks on the east side. Of Raytown and the church properties actually straddled the line with Raytown uh, on the front and the, la- the back part of the property was in Kansas City. So I would leave that house and this was this was along about 81 because I remember the car and I, I, I love to set the cruise because that keeps supposedly keeps me out of traffic court. So, this car would, the cruise would engage at about 26 miles an hour. So, if you go, if you take a turn to the north down to the bottom, and on 55th, you you turn east, and there's some really steep little old hills. I mean, steep. So, I set the cruise on 26 and went over the second hill and got nailed at the bottom by Raytown police. (laughs) And it's not any fun, is it? I was doing 44. Well, I couldn't, it couldn't be my fault. I had the cruise set. I mean, what's 44? I didn't, I had my foot on the accelerator. So I go and pay the ticket. They have ways of helping you to do that. But inside, I was still messed up. And it was, this shows what a quick learner, your leader is. Six weeks later, after this ticket, fine's been paid. I don't set the cruise anymore on that little street. I finally was, I was talking to the Lord about this. This is just eating me. I think about it way too much. This is not nearly important because the ticket didn't bankrupt the household. It wasn't a good thing. That's not a good place for your money, but it didn't destroy us. And I said, oh, my goodness. I have never owned that infraction. And finally, I said, God, I was doing 44 in a 25. That's so, they're stupid. That's so bad. I'm sorry. And it just cleared right out of my little heart. My little conscience was clear. I wasn't worried about Raytown owing me something the policeman had to be some and I didn't the, the policemen were very nice. I mean it was it's like it's just you just screwed up. You've got to have a clear conscience. You must have that thing that says all the crummy, dirty, rotten stuff that I have done is gone. Jesus has forgiven it. I am cleansed. It's like getting that good shower, or if you prefer, the immersion and washed on the outside. The inside can be washed, and you're just at peace, and I look back on that, and I say, yeah, I made several contributions to various municipal uh, treasuries in that course of my life. Um, I didn't. Do any more in Raytown <laughs> because some people live and learn. I don't want to just live. So I, you know, you can apply that wherever you'd like. Now, let's let's do this. The one thing that is a part of all of this that makes this work is humility. It is it is humbling, it is humiliating to be taken. And, and just go under the water, ka-chunk, right in the front of hundreds of people. You come up, uh, the quuff, if you have one, uh, there's a good reason to shave your head if you're a guy. Girls don't do that. The scriptures don't do that. Um, but that's humbling, number one. Number two, you give yourself to the person who is putting you under, that's humbling humility will only is the only thing that will get us through where we are in living for God today in our culture if you think the scripture uh, says that life begins at conception and it does or that, that uh, uh, a reference has been made to to the normalcy of marriage in the the Scripture, if if that stuff matters to you, then then you're looking around and you're saying, oh, good grief, what is going on? And the, the major media, if you disagree with their stance, which is the opposite of those I just described, their attitude toward you is that you are so... You talk about stupid. This is stupid to the 10th degree. You believe that? You're going to take a woman's choice away in reproduction, something that is so personal to her? You, and they just freak. They just act like that's just the, it's just over the top. Well, so... What are we gonna do? Well, bless God, I'll slap a picket on them. We'll march in front of wherever. And you know what, we've done that, and you know what it's gotten us? Deeper and deeper and deeper in a hole that we're now trying to dig out of as a Christian culture. I was always uncomfortable with the moral majority, and you may think that's the greatest thing that ever happened to this country, but you're wrong. It was not. I, I didn't just take it on head on because it's like, you know, if they can do something, fine. The moral majority was all wrong in method. Their ideas were probably right. I, but you don't protest in the kingdom of God. You humble yourself. You wash feet. Now, if some kind of deal comes up and we have to, we have to talk to each other and try to help somebody that's gotten uh, on off the path or something like that. I'm not talking about pr- process of restoration and help and strengthening each other in our faith. I'm talking about in our culture. You know what would have happened in the primitive church if they'd have slapped a picket on somebody. They had just rounded them up, take them all in, and beheaded them. It had been simple, and nice and clean. Well, it wouldn't have been very clean, but I mean, been, and I started to say nice and neat, but it wouldn't be very neat, but it would be final. We'd get rid of these protesters, and my little tantrum is okay with that if it's the other side that's protesting. Did you get that? Here's the deal. We are here to wash feet. And we've already had a tremendous explanation of how to to put your arms around people and draw them to Jesus and then make them strong in Jesus to the point that they begin to put their arms around people and draw them to Jesus and make them strong in Jesus. That is just over the top. Wasn't that great? However, we want to do our little you know it's it's like it's like the guy in his billfold going underwater we want our little rights bless god i have my rights who said when you came to jesus you got ready to be buried We don't have rights except to the glories of God. <laughs> and I, you know what I, I, I think about sometime if, I, if I'm broke or, or feel, feel broke, I'm, I'm offered this fantasy, and I'm really good at these, of fantasizing about being rich. And it occurred to me that if I could get that, I wouldn't, because I don't trust that much money, and it varies in the amount. Whatever it takes, minimum of two million. <laughs> I don't trust that as much as I trust God. I don't. If, if if I have to give up this for that, let's don't do that. Let's do this. Are you there? This it. Let's be in the hands of God. You see, God has for us everything we need for life and godliness. God has for us everything that will help us get through this political season. Now, when I talk about not raising a stink about politics, I write letters. I send emails. When, it, when I get around to it, I may send texts, but, but I vote And I recommend all of that stuff for you. We have a responsibility to be a good steward of the freedoms that we have. Educate yourself, find out what the scripture says, find out what the respective candidates say, and vote accordingly. Boy, it's quiet in here. Vote the scripture, not this that sound like heresy my union office told me how to vote I'm not against unions because business is as corrupt as corrupt labor there's there's good (laughs) there's good business there is you just don't believe it and there is good labor there is you just don't believe it but but if they get enough power they will oppress anybody they can So I'm not anti-labor we we've got to have something it's like the three forms I mean the three branches of government we've got to be accountable to somebody so I'm not against your union but don't let them think for you you let the scripture think for you you open your heart and you educate yourself and you say I don't I don't know how to do that ask me I'll tell you Because God is watching, he is watching our hearts, and if we defile our consciences, we are really dead in the water. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help us today to come to you in a way...